Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, Nation? Thanks so much for joining us today. This is WNBA Nation, the podcast. As always, we are so glad that you decided to join us today. I'm flying solo today. I'm your host, Logan Jones. Uh, we always have a lot to cover on these shows when the season gets underway. We have more today that we need to discuss because we did have an episode that was supposed to come out about a week ago covering the first weekend of the season, uh, and initial impressions, how we felt about our predictions, which now seem like ancient history. Uh, and because of technical difficulties, that didn't end up coming out. So, uh, it falls on me to kind of catch everybody up on the goings on of the league over the last two weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll do our best today to kind of touch on the big individual performances, but mostly my plan is to just go team by team and give you just my quick hit impressions on how things are going roughly five games into the season. Uh, the WNBA is always a little wonky in that sense because some teams might have only played three games so far. Uh, I think the Seattle storm are, are one of those teams they've, they've played three games. Um, the sparks, the mercury of each played three games. Uh, the Connecticut sound have played five. So it's, uh, it's sometimes we have more data to go off of than others, but we'll, we'll do our best to go team by team here and give you a breakdown of the who's who and the what's what. As always, if you haven't checked out WNBNation.com for our blog, our store, um, any of the other social resources that you might be looking for connected to the show, it's all there at WNBNation.com. And if you haven't left a five star review, we love those. We really appreciate those. Um, those probably mean those mean the most of, of anything that I think uh, people could do to, to kind of help us get our message out there. Um, it's really fun to be able to do this show and give kind of our window into the league. Um, if you don't know our story, me and my co-hosts all kind of got introduced uh, to the WNBA, I guess, five years ago, six years ago now, um, via going and, and getting to catch some games um, at Phoenix and at Seattle. We've been in love with it ever since, and we want other people to be able to enjoy it to the extent that we have, which is why we do the show. Um, but as you probably know, if you've been with us for a little while, um, it is it is something that we do as a hobby, uh, which means sometimes real life can kind of rear its ugly head and get in the way, uh, which is why sometimes you just have me to listen to on your drive or your workout or wherever you listen to these episodes. So uh, let's just begin. 
uh, as we will with most, I imagine most episodes this year, uh, we're going to kick off with one of about two teams. We're going to start with the aces. Um, they are at the top of the heap. They're four and oh, they're as good as advertised. They're scoring almost a hundred points a game. And I think that'll continue their point differential is insane. Um, they're exactly what we thought they were going to be. Uh, it's, it's hard when, when Jackie young and Chelsea gray go out and they're the two, two best players on the floor. Um, and you're not even talking about Asia Wilson, Candace Parker, and you know, the big names that we're used to seeing in the off season. That's, that's just an indication of how deep this team is. Everybody can score. They're going to have a bunch of games this year where they have like three, four, five scores. You're putting up, Maybe they won't have five scores putting up 20 points a piece. That'd be kind of insane. But they're going to have multiple 20-point scores. They're going to have a bunch of scores in double digits. They play defense. They're well-coached. It's honestly pretty frustrating. Um, the one caveat I'll add, they have... I, I don't think anyone would accuse the Aces of being a paper tiger or anything like that. Like we, They're the reigning champs, and we know that they're good. They just had their ring ceremony the other night. Um, they have had a soft-ish beginning to the season schedule wise. Uh, they kicked off at the storm and at the sparks, two games that they handled pretty easily. Uh, they killed the sparks at home and then they've played the links who are dreadful. And we will talk about Minnesota at the end of this show, because I'm just going to go in order of record. So if you're a links fan, you can listen to the rest of the show and then just kind of skip the last five or so minutes. If you don't want to hear about what's going on there, uh, <laughs> that's just a little preview for coming attractions. Um, ultimately I don't have a whole lot of insight into what we should think about the aces other than they look ready to defend the title. Um, if you listen to our preview episode or really, if you paid attention to any WNBA media coming into the season, this is exactly the team we thought we were going to see is just a dominant force that is going to take something really serious to unseat. So good for them. They're off to a hot start. Schedule is going to get a little bit tougher coming up. Um, let's see. They're on a four game road trip. Um, basically the first week of June. So they're going to be at Atlanta and at Indiana, two games that they should handle basically with their eyes closed, but then they will have two road games at Connecticut. Who's playing really well this season. And that maybe will tell us a little bit more about how we should feel about this aces team. That's as good a segue as any into the Connecticut sun who, because our previous episode that we recorded didn't end up coming out. I now have to apologize to again, um, for having them ranked at 10 in my preseason predictions, thinking this would be a team headed in the complete wrong direction, despite the talent on the roster. Uh, really just didn't think that they were going to have the attitude of let's prove that we're still a contender this year. To me, it looked like a total retooling year where they were going to deal with, you know, maybe they were going to throw more rookies out there, try to figure out what they were going to do with young players and kind of set themselves up for the future. Instead, they have smartly, they've made a good coach. Like they've made a good coaching hire and then she's been able to gather the locker room around the talent that they do still have. And legitimately they are a scary team. I don't think they necessarily strike fear to the hearts of the aces, but they've started off the year four and one. Um, their one loss is a pretty significant loss to the Liberty on the road. The Liberty are a good team. We're going to talk about them in a second. Um, there, I would put them in the contender category. Um, if, it, it, uh, the the aces are in a tier all their own. Uh, I don't think anybody is kind of sharing the, the the spotlight with them right now. But if you're of the opinion that there's about two or three teams every year that really have a legitimate shot at winning a title, um, 
And from what we can tell five games into the season, you know, anything could happen after that first five games. Teams could go on 20 game losing streaks, which we'll also talk about later on today. Um, but for now, it certainly looks like the Sun are throwing their hat in the ring as one of those teams. Um, there was a really great question going around Twitter the other day. I think it was just two days ago saying basically who's, who's the player that we're not talking about. And a lot of times those discussions are kind of funny to me because there's, there's not that many players in the league. And if you cover the league, you talk about all of them from time to time. But I thought the right answer and a great answer that responded to that question and tagged us in it was Alyssa Thomas. Um, this team has Dewana Bonner and Brianna Jones and a lot of really good players on it. I think Alyssa Thomas legitimately has like fringe MVP type years consistently, but because it's not like, oh, she was the leading scorer or the defensive player of the year or something like that. Sometimes it might get a little overlooked. She, I don't think people forget that she's there or that she's good, but she's, you know, 14 and five average this season with basically a 44% from the field shooting percentage. She's, she plays 36 minutes a game. She's out there constantly. She rebounds. Um, I guess I should say she's averaging 14 and 12 and five. The five is assists. Um, so she's averaging a double double early in the season. She's just really good. Every team in the league would be better with her on their roster. Um, I, I'm excited to see, uh, an Alyssa Thomas, Dewana Bonner, Brianna Jones team not be irrelevant this season. And this is good stuff from the sun. Uh, I need to formally apologize. Even, even if they end up having a mediocre season, if they, if they hit a bad losing stretch and they end up, you know, a couple games under 500 at the end of the year. It's still a much better year than I anticipated them having. Um, and it was foolish to have them at 10. So there's my public record, uh, apologies for all of you Sun fans coming after me on Twitter. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Uh, we move on. The third ranked team in the league right now is the New York Liberty. They are the one, a story in a lot of people's minds because of the Bree Stewart move in the off season. I think everybody anticipates that by the end of the year, they will be an easy one and two in some order with the aces for now. They are three and one. Uh, They have won both of their home games. They have split their away games. They're scoring a bunch. They're not playing as much defense as maybe I want to see early in the season, but they're getting it done. And that's all you can ask for a team that's kind of figuring things out as they go, because they've added a lot to that team and it takes some time to mesh. So they lost their opener at the mystics. Um, beat the fever handily, beat the sun handily, and then played a pretty close game against the storm on the road. Actually, it was, uh, there were a lot of homecomings in the last week. Uh, we saw Derrick Hamby go get her ring in Vegas. Uh, we saw Bree Stewart in this one, go back to Seattle and obviously an emotional homecoming. Um, we're going to see later on today, I guess she wasn't in Dallas, but we did see Marina Mabry face off against her old team. There's just, there's a lot of those types of connections that are happening early in this season. So this was the Stewie homecoming game. She played great. Stewart is dominant already this season. She's going to be in the MVP consideration. She deserves to be there. Um, it's it's hard to count the Liberty out, even though like it seems like you know if you read power rankings lists on ESPN, they'll they'll be like I can't remember where they have the Liberty four. They'll have them four out of twelve, and I think it's just because the expectations for this team was so high that anything besides looking like the best team in the league kind of feels like, like, Oh, like, you know, we're, we're discouraged because they're, they're not a world beater. They're four games into the season. They're, they're (laughs) three and one. They're going to be great. They're already great. Uh, Sabrina is playing great already. And 
her and Vandersloot have figured out how to balance moving the ball and scoring responsibilities, and they're playing well together. That that backcourt is really the biggest question mark, I think, coming into the season. Um, Vandersloot is always going to average like nine assists a game and then score a couple buckets here or there when she has to. But Sabrina can do the same on the assist end and then go out and hit six three-pointers as she did against Seattle. So uh, this is one of those teams where even if you do you do the best you can to contain Stewie and the best <laughs> the best passer maybe in league history is out there and maybe you can somehow contain her, you're going to get killed by someone else in that starting five because that, that starting five on that roster is just ridiculous. Um, really enjoy watching them play. This is another team that's sort of like doing what we thought they would be doing. So I don't have a lot more to report on it, but Liberty fans all is well. Don't take the, the ESPN number four power ranking to heart just yet. Um, it'll be fine. We do. I, I would say that of all the individual performances this season, Stewie obviously has the best so far with a 45 and 12 game um, against Indiana. It's, in your second game with a with a new team in a new area in a place like New York to go out and set the Liberty scoring record in a single game is uh, it it feels like an indication of a lot of big similar games to come um, when she's already doing that two games of the year so good stuff from the Liberty we move on the <laughs> believe it or not uh, tied with the same record as the Liberty are the Dallas Wings who are ranked fourth in the league right now at three and one and. Man, they're fun. Uh, this is really the first team that I've been uh, not just surprised by, but I think there's a lot to talk about with them, and I will try to keep it short. Um, you could argue that... You could argue a lot of things about this team, let's be honest. We've had a lot of discussions on this show before about Arike Gumbawale, who is obviously an elite scorer, but oftentimes not efficient. Um, there was a whole efficiency battle on Twitter last year over... Are we over underestimating her as a scorer and what she does for a team? Um, and you really, you got kind of the full spectrum of outcomes just this past week in turning a franchise over a Gumbawale and what that means in a game against the Chicago sky, which they lost by six. Um, if you, if you just check the box score, you have this staggering figure where how, uh, let's see, Natasha Howard, Sobley, here it is. Eric and Gumbawale went nine of 25. Uh, which is not good and four from 12 from three, which is okay, but not great for 27 points. She's leading the league in scoring average this year. She's won the scoring title before she's someone who can put up points in big numbers, but does it take her 25 shots a game to do that? And is that, does that lend itself to winning basketball games or is she going to become the WNBA's Carmelo Anthony and be one of the most legendary scorers in the league, but never have a whole lot of success because it's in a way that doesn't actually help the team win. That's one perspective and a perspective that I have often taken in our, in our chat. When we talk to the, the co-hosts, when we talk to you guys, when we go out and, and meet Dallas fans and talk to you, like this is usually like a one conversation is like, how do you feel about the team kind of being a Rike's team and the, the, the general management style of the Dallas wings is to completely replenish everything around Arike every year or two and hope that all of those elements are complementary. On the other hand, uh, having been kind of hard on Arike a lot, both this season and in seasons past, this Dallas Wings team is starting to figure some things out. 
Uh, they have only played four games a season, so it's hard to really give like a true estimate of how good they are. But Natasha Howard has been an all-star before and is a really good player. And it certainly looks like Satu Sabli is coming into her own. Um, I'm interested in how much she's able to develop at forward with Agubawale taking so much of the offense onto her own shoulders. But in that Chicago Sky game, Sabli had a great game. She had 24 points on 9 of 16 shooting. And she's had a couple really solid individual performances in addition to that this year that I think are going to make her borderline all-star level if the wings collect enough wins for people to notice. Uh, it might be tough if the wings are in that like fringe playoff picture for people to really appreciate what Sabli is doing with that team so far. But it, it, the, the concern for me and the reason I was so low on them to come into the season was I thought moving on from Mabry was the wrong decision between Howard and, and uh, Sabli in the front court doing what they do. I mean, she's, I think, I think Sabli's averaging 22 a game right now. Um, it certainly feels like they're going to be okay and big as, as my, I, I believe Jason and Steve both had this. Um, they're a big, tall, lengthy, whatever, whatever synonym you want to use. They're a tough team to handle on the defensive end. And now that they're starting to figure things out on that end, it's, it's turning into wins and that's very fun. Um, yeah, Arike's official points per game right now is 25. Uh, she's averaging 37% from the field. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that throughout the season just because that's always kind of a, an interesting gauge of how the wings are playing. We move to the fifth team in the standings. They are three and two. Uh, and boy, if there was a team where you could go either way on right now in the season, um, you could argue that the Chicago Sky are having maybe the most pleasantly surprising season of anybody or that they're about to maybe just hit a drop off and that this early, you know, the first five games of the season is a little bit of a mirage. They have uh, recently run into injury problems. Uh, they will be without Isabel Harrison for the rest of the year with torn meniscus in her left knee. That's going to hurt them. But despite the injury issues, they are three and two. Um, they have wings on the road against the Lynx and Mercury. Uh, they beat the wings at home. They have losses to the Dream and Mystics. I think the Mystics one was pretty close. Yeah, they lost that game by two. I think Sky fans have reasons to be hopeful. Uh, with so much leaving personnel-wise in the offseason, it could have been a lost season for them. Instead, Clea Copper stepping up. Courtney Williams is fun. We like Elizabeth Williams as their big there. Seems like she's playing well. Um, yeah, they got dropped by the Mystics because Elena Deladon hit a late three, and it doesn't feel like the Sky have the depth yet to handle a tight game against a team like that. But they're also not falling into the league cellar with really bad teams that we'll talk about in just a couple minutes. And for that, I'm excited because I think this is going to be a team that if they make the playoffs and it looks like they will, it's just going to be really fun to watch all season. Uh, if you look at team by team stats, they are not scoring a ton uh, but they are holding, they, they're playing team defense. They're holding teams to 75 points a game, which is good for it's, it's basically elite. It's the aces are the best team in the league in terms of defense, but everybody else good is holding teams to right around there. They're, they're on par with the sun, the Liberty, the mystics teams that we know have good defenses and are going to try to make a deep run this year. That's the level that the sky's defense is at. It's just the offense is inconsistent and needs to come up with some more firepower. Uh, I will try to speed this up now as we kind of enter into the mid-tier teams who we don't know anything about because they're two and two and 
it's so early in the season so far. But man, I think the Atlanta Dream are really fun so far too. Uh, Haley Jones is really fitting in there. Ryan Howard, who obviously made her splash into the league last year, is still playing really well. Um, they speaking of this guy, they killed this guy uh, by eighteen recently. That was just a day or two ago, as of this recording. Um, it really feels like the trio of Ryan Howard, Alicia Gray, Haley Jones is the core of that team now and in the future. And it's really young and it's already kind of paying dividends. So there's some good stuff here. Um, they do have a loss to the Indiana Fever, which we'll talk about specifically when we get to the Fever. Um, the Fever had a lot to play for in that game, if you're aware of what was going on there. But... Uh, it's it's okay to be interested in this dream team, even if they're not necessarily going to be fully realized this season. It certainly looks like they're going to have their growing pains, but Ryan Howard's pacing the team with 18 points a game. Certainly feels like Alicia Gray's fitting in. They still have players like Cheyenne Parker and Nia Coffey there that I really like. And if you, uh, if you were with us for the Arizona uh, March Madness run just a couple years ago, Ari McDonald... Just like the emotional beat of that tournament, um, still on the roster, which in the WNBA is always a little bit of like a, a question. Like <laughs> you never know who's going to fade out and who's going to stick around, not just on the roster, but playing like noticeably like elite defense this year. And I think it might be the difference between a te- like a season that's sort of just forgotten for the dream. And now they can actually go up against kind of the best of the best guard wise, at least and, and shut other guards down. And if she continues to do that, I mean, she's already coming close to about 30 minutes a game and it's fun to watch a player earn minutes on defense, I guess is what I want to say. Cause if you're going out and you're efficient scorer, they're going to find minutes for you. If you're going out and you're you're moving the ball around, you're getting eight assists a game. They're going to find minutes for you. Mary uh, McDonald's scoring just six points a game. She's she's not out there necessarily for offensive prowess, but she's doing a lot of good on ball defense. And in a team that has a pretty wide rotation, I think there's probably ten players that are getting really regular minutes, like more than ten minutes a game on this roster. Um, she is really taking the lead with those other stars I mentioned: Howard, Gray, Parker. Um, Nas Hillman's playing good minutes for them. AD Durr is playing good minutes for them. This is, this is a good team. They're not a great team. They may become a great team, but the core that they've sort of settled on this year is something that I would look forward to in the future. If I was a dream fan, uh, surprisingly, we are only now just getting to the Washington mystics who are two and two on the year. They were certainly a, a darling of our preseason predictions. All of us had them at three behind the, the Aces and Liberty at one and two. Um, we all still, I think, believe in this team. They just had the unfortunate circumstance of running up against the Connecticut Sun early in the season in two games, which they lost both of um, by like six and seven points. So tight contests, but not a fluke either. The Connecticut Sun are really legit. But... Deladon is doing her thing. Her late three-pointer elevated this team over the uh, over the sky not too long ago. That was just a week ago. Um, it's really fun to have one of the league's true A1s out doing her thing again. She's averaging 21 points a game. She's like well above. I think she's yeah, 54% field goal shooting. I know she's a forward, so she gets a lot of baskets right at the rim, but that's still kind of insane. Um Steve and I talked about this on the last episode that you guys won't get to hear, but Brittany Sykes playing defense on this team 
uh, Shakira Austin, really solid, solid, solid center. Not the type of center that you go out and necessarily like, I, I don't think she's the type of center that is going to ever be the big fish that a team wants to land in the off season, but she's someone that you just absolutely can anchor a team on um, and allows Natasha cloud, Brittany Sykes, Ariel Atkins, all those types of players to go do their thing. So uh, I don't have enough time to completely recap our discussion on Shakira Austin. Just know that she's one of our show's favorite players in the league <laughs> for just everything that she does. Um, and I love that Brittany Sykes is averaging two steals a game. I, she's, she's personally, she's just one of my favorite players that I enjoy to watch. So, uh, if you are fairly new to the league and you know names like Brittany Griner and Elena Deladon and Diana Trazzi and Candace Parker and Asia Wilson, go the level deeper and with this Mystics team, pay attention to Shakira Austin, Sykes, Cloud. Um, those are really fun players to watch. I hope that this Mystics team ends up rising up people's power rankings in the weeks ahead. Um, I really think it's just their record that kind of looks a little lackluster right now. Um, And playing two games against Connecticut early in the season can do that too. But they've got a run of games that they should win coming up. Um, Probably a pretty good one against Dallas this coming Friday. And then they're against Minnesota at home, on the road against Seattle twice. And then they're on the road against Indiana so Dallas, Minnesota, Seattle, Seattle, Indiana, they should go four and one at worst in that stretch. So the Mystics are going to rise up your board. We're going to talk about them a lot in the weeks ahead. You're probably going to see some massive individual performances, um, if not from Deladon, then from someone on that team. Good for them. We like them. We move on. In the eighth spot, and I'm going to kind of run through the next two teams pretty quick um, because I don't want you guys to get super bored of me, but... The Los Angeles Sparks and the Phoenix Mercury are both one and two. Um, I feel similarly about each team, which is we just need more of them so far. I mean, we're two weeks in the season. We've only seen them play three games. Uh, the Sparks have played two of those games against the Aces. <laughs> one of them, they, they hung in it pretty good, actually. And then the other one, they got annihilated. So uh, there's just not a lot that we can tell from this team so far, other than they're adapting to Coach uh, Miller's system really fast. Uh, and that was a question I know Jason had in his preseason rankings. Like, how quickly can Kurt Miller instill this team uh, with the things that he wants to do? The truth is, this is a really this is an awesome roster that I think is just getting overlooked because the the Sparks haven't been good in a minute, and it's just it's so much flashier to look at Connecticut, New York, Vegas right now. But it could be this season that they actually figure things out. We're not sure. Um, Neko Gumuke is another one of those players that came up in the frequently underrated question on Twitter that I mentioned earlier. She's someone that is absolute MVP caliber, been in the league for a long time. Um, we've got two Ogumukes and two Samuelsons, um, both, both sets of sisters on this team, which is pretty fun. Uh, Zaya Cook, if you didn't see the Zaya Cook highlight the other day, um, she's in the league here at the tender age of 22, already doing stuff. We like her, um, Jordan Canada and Lexi Brown, both there as well. This is, I think a team that is going to be better than we're maybe used to in the past. Remember they were 13 and 23 last year, 12 and 20 the year before they haven't been close to 500 in three seasons in the, the 2020 bubble season. They were a really solid team. Um, but it's, they've, they've been going the wrong direction for a couple of seasons. I think this is the group that's going to turn it around 
it's just a matter of like how fast can they do it when there's some truly dominant teams in the league. And it, it really doesn't feel like they have the firepower to keep up with that kind of tier of, of team. Phoenix is sort of similar. There's been some really good individual performances on this team so far. We love watching Brittany Griner go out and immediately resume kind of her reign as one of the league's premier players. Um, they did get their first win over the links just recently. Um, before that, they lost a game to the Sparks into the sky. So kind of messy in this part of the standings, right? Like these, these mid-tier teams are all sneaking games away from one another. We don't know who's truly great yet, but we know that Griner is back to being an elite talent on the floor, which was something that I think we all kind of had hesitation about coming into the year. We all wanted to see her play. We were all excited that she was back to playing and, and looks happy doing it. Um, but she's pacing the team with 21 points a game right now and averaging almost four blocks a night. So just know that that's coming if you're a big or, or uh, a guard trying to get anything under the rim against this team. Uh, Chirazi, while not really much of a headline so far this year, is playing 31 minutes a game. So she's out there and healthy. She's sort of scoring an under the radar 18 points a game. Um, I think it's under the radar because it's just what we've come to expect in her career so far. Uh, depth is the problem here. I think the rest of the roster leaves something to be desired. And I think that's something that even Mercury fans would probably agree with. They got to find a way to score more than 76 points a game. Um, that is, let's see. Sorry. Let me do some research here really quick. That's where the Chicago sky are at. And I already mentioned they're really struggling offensively as well. Um, it's about where the Indiana fever are at. So if that's your measuring stick for efficient, effective offense, you got to be better than bottom of the league type scoring every night. Uh, we move on. This is the, the fever are not the last place team in the league right now because they've got to win. And there are two teams that are still winless. Um, and I actually, I love this for them. Uh, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I actually really like this roster, um, but don't expect a lot of success on record-wise and on paper this year from them. They were in danger of setting a new league high mark for losses in a row dating back to last season. Um, they had lost 20 straight games. Had they lost the 21st, they would have stood alone as the only WNBA team to ever lose that many. Instead, they had a, an absolute battle against the Atlanta Dream in which they won on the road by three, 90-87 um, in one of the most fun games of the year. And I'm not just saying that because of the the narrative leading up to it. It was actually a blast to watch these teams face off because half of these teams are, you know, consist of players that have only been in the league for a year or two. Um, and this is you know, whether they do it on these teams or they move in free agency in the future, a lot of the future of the league plays for Atlanta and Indiana right now. So you want to pay attention to what's going on there and, you know, how Lee Boston's doing. Um, Nalissa Smith is having probably an all-star year. Um, it's, <laughs> it's tough to say because again, you don't know how much respect they're going to give players on teams that are not going to amass a ton of wins, but like Kelsey Mitchell is still there and she's still great, but you've got Nalissa Smith averaging 14 and 12, 15 and 12 through th three games into the season. Still a small sample size. That's pretty impressive. Um, and in fact, out rebounding, Atlanta is what got them this win. So they're fun. Um, <laughs> I've probably said that about too many teams at this point, but legitimately, if you're going to watch a team that's probably going to lose a lot of games, but 
make a lot of their players your favorite players. I think Indiana is a good pick for that sort of team. Um, I really want them to have enough success that they keep fans in the area interested and invested in them as a team because I don't want to see them leave Indiana. Uh, unfortunately, their upcoming schedule is not forgiving. Uh, they will, this, we knew this going into the season that they, they, I think we joked that they might start like 0 and 13. Um, so I'm glad that they got that win early, but they play Vegas at Chicago. They've got a chance against at Minnesota. Um, that's certainly a winnable game and then maybe a winnable game against Phoenix there and then Washington and then Chicago. And it's going to be a tough road for these guys. They're super young. Um, I really want more Boston and Alyssa Smith highlights on my feed. So if Indiana could oblige that, I think that'd be great. Uh, and now we move on to the teams at the bottom of the basement here. I, I feel for storm fans because they had kind of an emotional weekend seeing Bree Stewart come back um, and beat him in a Liberty Jersey. It, it also kind of hurts to see Jewel Lloyd having a really good season, but just to have it not matter in terms of wins and losses. I think we all a little bit saw this coming. Uh, even the storm to a degree, I think knew that this might be the type of year that they're heading for. Um, uh, Jewel Lloyd did. She's, she led all scorers against the wings in a four point loss. And then I think she led all scorers again against the Liberty. Um, and lost that game as well. And it's just, it feels like, yeah, she's averaging 26 points a game. She's just off pace for being like the scoring champion in the league this year. But a lot of it has to do with they just don't have a lot of other scoring options on this Seattle team right now. Um, Ezzy Magbor is a, a good player. And it feels like Key Nurse is playing a lot of minutes a game, but just not, she's just not scoring on that level. I think she's scoring eight points a game. Jewel Lloyd's just really their only elite option on that offense, and every team knows it, which means they're all keying in on her, and it's going to make life tough for them this season. Um, I think they kind of knew that coming in. I'm assuming that they have a plan for the future. I don't know what that foundation of that plan is going to be because you don't know if Lloyd's going to stay or go in the off season, but this is pretty much the Seattle storm jewel Lloyd team this whole season. And I don't expect things to get a whole lot better for them, to be honest. Um, they might end up being last place in the league this year, which is, is sad to see after the success that they've had for so many years, but they just don't have a roster that can contend with a lot of these uh, opponents. They're going to be playing. Um, but boy, I don't think that's entirely like unexpected. I think everybody's a little surprised that the Minnesota Lynx are 0 and 5 and haven't managed to capture a win yet this season. Um, this is a team that's got some real problems. <laughs> this is a team, in fact, that I hope that we can record an episode soon, uh, like later this week with my other co-hosts, because I'd like to discuss what they think needs to be done here. Um, inconsistent defense doesn't even begin to describe what's happening in Minnesota. Um, there's baffling start sit decisions. The minutes distribution doesn't make a lot of sense. There's yeah, the Cheryl Reeves has been a good coach in the league for a long time. It seems like her seat's getting pretty warm, pretty fast, um, which I think is surprising to everyone, but Oh, and five start to the season in a 30, whatever game season, it you're headed for you know a lottery pick and you you've got a tough schedule coming up where you're not going to get a lot of wins then either so they do have a game against Indiana in a week or so but boy uh it is not good in Minnesota right now they they don't move the ball they don't defend well it it's going to take a real 
like players only closed meeting type situation in order to get these guys back on track. They did just get a little bit healthier. Kayla McBride is going to return to the team this week, I believe. She she has yet to play a game, but I think either today or tomorrow is going to be her first game back. Nafisa Collier, still elite, averaging 17 points a game. She's someone that everyone in the league would want on their team if they had the opportunity. And rookie Diamond Miller is having a decent start to the year. Um, 20 minutes a game, 10 points a game, pretty much what you would expect. So it's not that their like, cupboard is bare, but yikes. Um, I would love to hear from Minnesota fans what they think about where the team is headed right now. Certainly not in the right direction, but what what the big fix is. Is it a new coach? Is it somehow landing Caitlin Clark? <laughs> is it well, What's the plan to turn this team around? Because this is not a, a franchise we're used to seeing bring up the rear in terms of standings. But yeah. 0-5 to start the year is gross. Uh, I think we were all a little bit down on them this year, but we didn't have them as like the worst team ever. It'll be interesting to see if they can string a couple wins together coming up. So that is your team-by-team team recap. Uh, it took me, what, a half hour? I hope you stuck with me through all of it. Um, they're, like I said, they're, it's it's hard when teams have played between three and five games to really gauge their identity and who they really are. But already we have some rookies showing out. We have some incredible individual performances from your Deladons and your Stewarts. I'm really interested to see in what happens with teams like the Wings and the Sky, who are off to a pretty good start so far. But is it real? Um, that'll be a question that all these teams are going to have to answer. You could even say so for, for the Sun, who are 4-1. and one. For the Mystics, who are 2-2, two and two, are they going to rebound and be as good as we thought they were going to be? There's just a lot of intrigue early in the season that I wish I could go into in more detail, but trying to cover two weeks worth of action uh, is, is a tall order. So uh, we will try to get this episode out and then get everybody together for some deeper analysis later in the week. Thank you so much for sticking with us through every off season and every WNBA season and through our crazy schedules on kind of here on the back end, which are, I know sometimes irregular. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast and keeping our download, you know, the, the download numbers somehow go into an algorithm, which gets other people who haven't heard of us to listen to podcasts. And that's all you guys that, that does that. Um, because we, we have weeks where we're really good at getting content out and weeks where life just gets to be too much. And through it all, you guys have been a really cool community to be a part of. And I know I speak for all of my co-hosts when I say we're very thankful to be a part of that. So, uh, for WNBA nation, I'm Logan Jones and we got you next time. No, I'll see you